Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips. But in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I'm joined by Dr. Mary Barson. Mary is a dedicated general practitioner and weight loss doctor. Her passion is to empower people suffering with obesity, who may be overweight or who have metabolic disease, and to heal their metabolism and lose weight sustainably. She runs an online weight loss coaching program, and she is not your typical weight loss industry person. As a polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS sufferer, Dr. Mary knows what it is like to be overweight with metabolic disease. She healed her own metabolism using a sensible, real food approach and is now passionate about helping others do the same. Her genius is in combining compassion, psychology and expert medical knowledge to help people lose weight and heal their bodies sustainably. Dr. Mary possesses both a medical degree and a biochemistry degree She is a qualified medical hypnosis practitioner and has additional psychological and nutritional training. When not working in the clinic or coaching online, Dr. Mary is chilling out at home with her very cute daughter and lovely partner. She enjoys dancing badly in her kitchen and taking her crazy border collies to the beach. Welcome, Dr. Mary. Thank you so much for having me, Magic. I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. Tell me, Border Collies. Yes, they are gorgeous. We've got uh, an old girl, bless her, she's 11, and we've got a crazy, crazy young pup who's not really a puppy anymore. She's she's almost one, and uh, she has been recently just tearing the house apart because we just got her de-sexed and um, had to keep her inside, and I think she has chewed absolutely everything that we own. Um, so I'm looking forward to being able to take her back to the beach so she can get her energy out there. That'll be fantastic. Now, dancing badly in the kitchen, what do you dance to? Uh, Spotify lists. So um, mostly I haven't really moved on from the 1990s. Uh, musically, I'm still stuck in that decade. So uh, particularly um, grunge and hip-hop and punk and all of that stuff from my adolescence, just can't get enough of it. Um, my my eight-year-old daughter is slowly dragging me into um into this century though um you know she likes a lot of modern pop music and it's it's actually just a really good way to de-stress there it's very powerful listening to music and having a dance gives this wonderful buzz of serotonin and dopamine and and it is a great way to kind of bookend the day before we start the bedtime routine I love that that is so cool well done now 
Welcome to the podcast. We talk about a few things here. And of course, probably the overarching thing is weight loss, which we'll get to. But first of all, Dr. Mary, what can your expertise do to accelerate health? When we talk health, we're talking not just the physical, but the spiritual and emotional. Yeah, such a wonderful question. And I love that you talk about health as opposed to, you know, just weight loss, Um, because it really is all about health. For me, health is addressing both the physiology um the physiological causes behind um behind chronic disease behind um obesity diabetes fatty liver polycystic ovarian syndrome whatever it is that people are suffering and my area of expertise in particular is the metabolic diseases people who've got metabolic syndrome and metabolic diseases heart disease um among them so it's about the physiology, addressing the hormonal cause um, behind why people gain weight in the first place, why people get metabolic disease. And it is, and you do that with real food, with, with real food and good nutrition. And it's also critically about addressing the mindset. And mindset is not willpower. That's absolutely not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the psychology of positive change. And an enormous part of that is compassion, self-compassion. Self-compassion needs to be the centre stage of all that we do. We were talking a little bit off air about weight loss and the need, as you said, to be self-compassionate, but to really understand that every step along your journey is just a step. It's not the destination. And certainly out in the media and in the general world, we hear so much about dress sizes and, you know, numbers on a scale. What do you think is more important for the listeners to really focus on during their weight loss? I love celebrating the power of progress. So to achieve our health goals, whatever they might be. And your health goal, a person's health goal might be to reverse their diabetes, to reverse their fatty liver, to heal their polycystic ovarian syndromes, to normalize their periods so that they can get pregnant. It might be a weight goal. And that is really common. People like, I want to lose 30 kilos. I want to lose 40 kilos. And I think having those long-term goals are extremely important. And with the right advice, like the right nutritional advice that aims at healing the metabolic causes, you can definitely get there. However, it is easy to be demotivated when you're focusing on these long-term goals. And I think it's incredibly important to celebrate your wins along the way. You know, every time that you make the healthful choice, that you walk past the biscuits in the tea room or you um, you go for a walk to deal with, you know, a really stressful day rather than eating an entire tub of Ben and Jerry's. You know, when you make healthful choices, you should really celebrate those. I think that's really, really important. And I think another important part to that fabulous question you asked me is that that weight is not the end all be all. It It is important in that it is important to be healthy and metabolically well. And I will 
discuss what I mean about metabolically well in a moment. However, it is possible to actually be quite healthy and not have a, a BMI of 24 or less. People can be, um, have a higher body mass index and still be healthy. It's really about the metabolic health. So I myself am I'm a size of 14 to 16. I'm not, you know, what would be considered, um, you know, um, a, a aesthetically perfect um, body shape. However, my body is really healthy and it hasn't always been. I used to have polycystic ovarian syndrome and fatty liver and elevated insulin. And now I've got perfectly healthy, perfectly healthy, normal liver. I've my PCOS symptoms have completely gone into remission, um, totally normal now. And, and this body is actually really well and, and feels good and can do lots of stuff and feel strong and healthy, which is great, whilst being this size sort of 14 to 16. And that's fine. Like I really am very much okay with that. And indeed, when I'm sitting across from a patient in my general practice clinic or when I'm dealing with people with our online programs in real life medicine, I'm far more interested in their wellness and their metabolic health and how they feel than I am about their weight. To me, weight loss is basically a pleasant side effect of healing your metabolism and and improving your health. And what I mean about metabolic disease, I think that's important because I'm throwing this term around a lot, is really for most people who are overweight, the cause behind this imbalance is um, imbalanced metabolic hormones, most specifically insulin and insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is at the cause of, of weight gain for many many, many, almost all people who suffer with their, you know, with weight issues and how you can lower insulin and heal your metabolism is with a real food diet and particularly um, a lower carb real food diet. And that's what we do at Real Life Medicine. We address the nutrition and the all important psychology behind it. I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. And you mentioned about the big goals like losing 30 kilos. And I often say to my own coaching clients and previously when I had a gym, if you don't hit that 30 kilo goal, but you get to 28, have you failed? And they go, oh, but it's not 30 kilos. Okay, but 28 is pretty damn good. I mean, that's half a person. So we really need to be mindful that it's great to set these lofty goals, but they're just a guide. They're not the be-all and end-all, as you said. Absolutely. And it is, it's so critical to, um, to focus on your progress along the way. As a doctor, one of my absolute favourite things about working in this area of metabolic health that I do is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I don't, I don't like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It's a terrible illness and it's incredibly common. About a third of all Australians have got this, um, have got this si often silent illness. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is caused by um, having elevated insulin and insulin resistance when people are eating a, like a standard Australian diet or a high carb diet. And one thing I 
that I absolutely love about my job is that when people transition to real food, particularly low-carb real food, is that their fatty liver, which is quite a dangerous condition, resolves in like immediately, like days to weeks. And that is an incredible win for people's health, wellness, longevity. Um, The fact that they have have healed their body really quickly by normalising this liver inflammatory disease. And it, it happens in a few weeks. That's an incredibly important win to celebrate. And of course, not everybody is getting blood tests to to test if they have fatty liver and if their fatty liver is resolving. But it's an incredibly important win that happens really, really quickly when people transition to you know a healthy lifestyle. They can go from having a really potentially dangerous condition with their liver to it being completely gone. And this can happen sometimes before people even lose a kilo. So it really is about a holistic health journey is what we need to embrace and embrace every positive step along the way and not just focus on on an arbitrary number on you know the cold scales on our bathroom floor. Totally. And I love that you talk about the liver and, and the health of that. So many people don't know how unwell their livers are. And they seem almost surprised when the blood sugars aren't right or they're not metabolizing B vitamins or, you know, they just feel that CFS, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome kind of symptomology. And yet they've never addressed their liver. The liver is an incredible organ. It's an incredibly forgiving organ. If we just stop um, taking away whatever is is badgering it, whatever whatever the toxins are, it will heal itself incredibly quickly. And yes, it is an incredibly important organ. It does so much for us. It is the workhorse of the body. Uh, our lovely livers, and it is really common. As I said, the studies are done um, recently, looking at like a third, a full third, twenty eight point four percent of Australian adults have got this disease called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and most of them don't know it. It is a silent epidemic. And it's an important condition because it's a marker of other problems such as high blood pressure, um, heart disease, risk of strokes, risk of dementia, risk of lots of things. And it's it's associated with being overweight, but but people of normal weight can have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease as well. So it's incredibly common and incredibly important to know about it as well. And it can be easily fixed with real food nutrition. Exactly. And in my practice with Functional Health Solutions, we talk about the three phases of liver detox which no one seems to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And listeners, it might be seemingly a good idea for you to help your liver, but you need to address phase three first, which is your gut. And when we're eating processed foods all the time and we're clogging up our large intestine or our colon, our gut can become permeable by pathogens and undigested food And that causes problems when you go to try and detox your liver, you haven't got a solid basis to expel what you're actually working with. So, you know, there's a a large array of things that need to be addressed. 
But as you said, Dr. Mary, with real food, you're already addressing part of that. You're not putting in things that are going to destroy the lining of your colon. You are not going to be putting excess pressure on your liver. And by taking yourself through the phase three detox of stop putting things in that are going to harm you and constipate you, you're already winning the battle. Yes, we've got three main detoxifying organs. That's our liver, our kidneys and our gut. And they definitely all work together to naturally detox our system. Love it. Now, Dr. Mary, what are your top three tips to creating wealth? When we talk about wealth, we're talking not just the financial wealth, but personal and emotional. Number one for me would be learn to cultivate self-compassion because when you can be kind and compassionate to yourself, many, many other changes become possible far easier. Self-compassion is a learnable skill. And I'll come back to that one. My second one would definitely be eat real food, you know, and letting real food, that is food as close as possible to its natural state when it was taken from the animal or taken from the plant with minimal human interference, certainly not having seen the inside of a factory. When you eat real food, it allows your metabolic hormones to balance naturally. In a very real sense, food is medicine and it is either going to be the most powerful medicine you eat or the slowest and most insidious of poisons. And my third tip would be to to meditate, to have some kind of, of daily active relaxation. This is really important part of cultivating that self-compassion as well that makes change so um, so much easier. I And meditation, it, it can be three minutes a day, honestly. Three minutes of mindful breathing, if that's your thing, is enough to, to, to sort of allow profound changes in our health and wellness over the long run. Dr. Mary, self-compassion. Is there a framework or are there steps or building blocks that people need to look for? There is. There's actually quite a lot of science behind this, surprisingly. The um, Stanford University in particular has got a, a centre of compassion where they do lots of, of, they study the science of self-compassion, which I love. Um, and yes, there is. There's like, there's, there's three main steps to, to be able to cultivate self-compassion and when you can view yourself with compassion and kindness you don't need to hate and berate yourself for every slip up that happens along the way but you also don't need to just continue on with unhealthy habits in numb denial it allows you to walk this medium path between self-beration and numb denial so the three main steps that that are all doable for everybody is the first one is to be kind to yourself. This actually can be really difficult for some people being kind to yourself. So say, let's talk about if somebody 
ears on a healthy eating plan because they want to heal their metabolism and lose weight and get well and reverse diabetes, whatever their goal is. And um, and they eat, they wake up in the morning, I am going to stay on plan all day. I am going to eat my healthy breakfast, my healthy lunch, my healthy dinner. And then they have a stressful day at work and they go into the team room and they eat five Tim Tams. So they kind of have a choice here. They can either completely hate themselves, say, this is, I'm useless, I'm hopeless, I can't do it anyway, what's the point, just give up? Or they could say, I'm useless, I'm hopeless, doesn't matter anyway, I might as well just eat the whole packet of Tim Tams. But you could pause instead and treat this episode with some compassion and kindness. And one way to cultivate self-kindness is to watch yourself talk and talk to yourself like you would a friend. So would you scream at a friend and say, you bloody idiot, I know you couldn't do this, I know that you're hopeless, this is just proof of how completely useless you are? Or, you know, would you perhaps say something a bit kinder to your friend? And imagine talking to a friend when you're talking yourself through this. The second part is is really important and is to accept that we're all human and that mistakes are really just a normal part of being human. We humans will always make mistakes. It's an integral part of being human. We are going to stuff up in big and small ways in all domains of our lives all the time. That's just what's going to happen. And it's okay. It's okay. We don't need to be perfect. We need to progress. And so accepting that you're human is a really important part of self-compassion. And the last one is to practice mindfulness. And this comes into my, my tip about a daily relaxation meditation um, practice, even for a few minutes each day. Because what what a, a mindfulness practice allows you to do is you develop a really very easily and obtainable skill of being able to watch your thoughts, providing a little bit of mental space so that you can catch yourself when you are talking to yourself really negatively, for example, or when you're not um, accepting your, your own inner humanity and being able to have that space allows you to do those first two steps of the self-kindness and then accepting your human and also provides a mental space where you can find a gap between what the stimulus like your colleague stressing you out at work with some unhelpful client or your boss just dumping an extra project on you all of a sudden like the stressful stimulus and your response running into the tea room and eating the Tim Tams or going home and drinking a bottle of wine versus taking a break, going outside, drinking a cup of tea, calling a friend, something else that is more healthful. And mindfulness allows you to find that gap. And this is certainly not my sole intellectual property here. This is this is this is well established um, psychological uh, theory. And Viktor Frankl, who is as an amazing gentleman, author and psychiatrist, who was uh, a Jew in in the Auschwitz um, concentration camp and has written many, many, many books on this topic, he developed this idea of finding this gap 
that we all have this intrinsic ability to find the gap between the stimulus and our response. And he, it's an unbelievable story, he, he, he developed this ability while he was in Auschwitz, while he was suffering just the most horrible degradation, you know, imaginable. He found what he calls, you know, the last freedom which is he could have every other freedom taken away from him, but not his internal freedom about how he chooses to react to the stimulus that is around him. And he exercised this final freedom and it got within him stronger and stronger and stronger. And he became an incredible inspiration to other people within Auschwitz, including many of, of the guards as well. And he went on to write many, many books and an extreme example. But he says between stimulus and response, there is a gap. And in that gap, we have the ability to choose our response. So self-compassion, very, very easy and obtainable, being kind to yourself, accepting that you're human and having some daily mindfulness practice so that you can find your own gap. And of course, we're not talking about horrible situations such as Viktor Frankl went through, but just to help you navigate the day-to-day -day ups and downs of life, you can always find that gap. You don't need to be reactive. You can find the gap and choose how you want to respond. That is fantastic advice. Absolutely brilliant. Now we have so much more we need to talk about, including weight loss. Uh, would you, Dr. Mary, be able to join us in episode 57? I would be delighted. Fantastic. Listeners, this was episode 56, part one of the physiology and psychology of weight loss. Stay tuned for much, much more. But for now, I will leave you with Dr. Mary's Instagram. You can find her at www.instagram.com, real underscore life underscore medicine, also at real life medicine or one word on Facebook or on www.rlmedicine.com. Dr. Mary, thank you for today and we will speak to you more in episode 57. Thank you. I can't wait. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.